I'm at the Town Post Network at Downtown Fishers. Uh, Tom Britt is here, along with Allison Gatz and Justin Beal, and we are here to talk about some very important business transactions that uh, impact uh, what you read in Fishers, and especially in Fishers and other areas that we have some new ownership in some monthly magazines. So, Tom Britt, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Allison Gatz, always good to talk to good you. Good to see you, Larry. And just a view, welcome. Good to talk to you today. Yep, thanks for having me. So, we're here to talk about a recent uh, series of transactions. So, Tom, you have run the Town Post Network for a long time, but uh, Justin has just purchased the Geist Monthly Magazine, and Allison has now uh, become the new owner of Fisher's Monthly Magazine. So let's start with Tom. Now, you published both these guys to Fisher's Magazines for a very long time, among other publications that you have. So what motivated you to sell them? Good question. Uh, a lot of people have asked, you know, did I sell Town Post? And no, I didn't sell Town Post. I sold the franchise rights to Geist and Fisher's Magazines. Um, I started Geist, was the first one I ever started with it 19 years ago. Um, Fisher's I've done for 18 years. And it's hard to own a franchise and be a franchise or like Town Post and support 18 magazines a month and also go do two magazines on your, on your own. And for me, it just came down to time management. It came down to focus on the company. Um, I want to grow Town Post nationally. We're a franchise. We've, we've got 18 in Indiana and Kentucky. I'd like to grow into other states. We're licensed in 42. The only thing holding it back is me. And so um, the, the decision was made a couple years ago, and financially we got to a place finally where we could finally part with those two magazines and put them into good hands of people who can spend a lot more time on them and, and do a lot more with them than I presently could or could in the future. So that's why we decided to do it. So let's go to Justin, because Justin, as I understand it, you are a real estate person by trade. Explain why you decided to buy the Geist magazine. Well, being in real estate and owning the magazine, are there's a lot of commonality. It's a lot of sales. It's a lot of community involvement. It's um, it's very uh, people-oriented. So um, the magazine itself was turnkey, and Tom and Jeannie had done such a fantastic job for so many years that it was just a too good of an opportunity to pass up. So let's uh, ask the same question of Allison. Um, what motivated you to become a uh, magazine publisher? Tom. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I made her do it. <laughs> no, honestly, it was one of those things that just kind of came out of the blue. Um, I saw that Tom had posted on social media that he was going to sell Fishers and Geist. And, um, you know, I was happily in retirement. And I thought, huh, I wonder what that's all about. So I reached out to Tom and we talked and kind of sent some text messages and then got together and, you know, just with every conversation, um, we kind of went a little bit further down the path and really I think what jazzed me up was kind of to echo what JD said about, you know, it had already been established, it has a great reputation, both magazines are very well respected in the communities. And the community aspect is what really um, got me excited about it. So, Tom, are you, is this like a franchise arrangement where you'll still be supporting them? Explain how that's going to work. Yeah, so my job will really shift away from doing the day-to-day -day of you know, ad sales and 
stories and all that and move to focus more so on just the back-end support. So the Town Post Network, we already support all of our franchisees, you know, Justin and Allison in, included, but there's, you know, 11 other people that we support as well. And so, you know, my goal or my mission is to be a better support mechanism to all the franchisees and spend more time supporting them because it's hard to work from home. It's hard to work on your own in a, in a franchise arrangement where we're doing all the back office and you're kind of out on your own. And I want to be there as more of the support mechanism to all the franchisees, do better training, develop new products, um, really help them be more successful. And it was hard to do that as a franchisee and a franchisor when you've got to wear both hats all month. Now I can just focus on supporting them, growing the franchise, because honestly, growing the franchise will help them as well. Um, gives us more resources and more things that we can provide locally here in Fishers and Geist. Now, will you be providing like photography, editorial content, or will that be the franchisees doing that? They still do that. So, um, you know, we have a great network of freelance writers and photographers. That's really their call on who they want to write and photograph their stories. Um, we provide the back end support for that. So, we actually pay the writers and photographers. We onboard them. We provide the software licenses and things so that they can do their job the best they can. Um, so, that's not going to change. The only thing that's going to change is I won't be out there making those assignments anymore. Um, I'm, I'm doing my best to kind of transfer that knowledge that I've been doing kind of secondhand or second nature now for 19 years to these guys so that, you know, after the train wheels come off here in the next two or three months, they'll be out there just fully functioning. So, Justin, let me kind of go a little further on that with you. Uh, people who are getting the Geist magazine now know what the content has been. Do you expect to keep it about the same, or do you have any changes in mind? Um, I've always thought that the that's one of the reasons why I purchased the magazine in the first place, was I really enjoyed the content, um, the readability, how, again, how community-focused it is. Um, what I bring to the table, I think, is more... Um, I'd like to be more involved with the schools a little bit, um, providing more spotlights on students, student-athletes, that type of thing. Um, but as far as the the look of the magazine, everything's going to maintain the, uh, the consistency that it has for so long. So with Geist, you obviously have a part of Fishers, you have part of Lawrence and Marion County. You have plenty of news to cover there. The city council, the mayor can't even agree on a budget. <laughs> Correct. We just actually had this conversation today about all the different aspects that you could go into on each magazine. And it's a it's a fine line walking that that political line with, you know, supporting candidates and and or just reporting the information that's out there. So um, that'll be that's the writer's job to make sure those stories are or non-partial uh, for myself. Um, my job is to maintain the content and the creativity and the polished look that the magazines had for so long. So do you expect your uh, Geist magazine to cover the election? I mean, you're, since you're a monthly and you have to have that, you know, into the printer by a certain time, uh, do you expect you might do some coverage, like pre-election coverage uh, with election in November? Yeah, so we actually just had this conversation today in a, in a meeting between myself, Allison, and Tom on uh, reaching out to the candidates, uh, especially in the Lawrence district since that race 
is a little bit more uh, heated, more contested, uh, to give information to the readers on who those candidates are. So let's go to Allison and uh, ask some questions uh, along those same lines. Of course, you have a lot of connections to the Fishers mm-hmm. community. You and I both got to know each other when you were running Youth Mentoring Initiative, also mm-hmm. known as YMI. So you obviously had a lot of contacts within the Fishers community uh, during the time that you were uh, running that operation. So you, how do you plan to tap into that reservoir of knowledge and contacts with the magazine? You know, I think that's probably... Also, one of the big contributors to me stepping into this position because, you know, obviously I didn't just wake up one day and say, you know, I think I'm going to buy a magazine. I think I'm going to be a magazine publisher. Um, No, it just, it really just kind of made sense because it is something that I can very easily just tap right back into those relationships that I have already built. Um, And that's what I like to build things based off of is relationships. And so, you know, the conversations will still be there. It'll just be different direction. It'll be more about, you know, advertising and how I can help them build their business or grow whatever venture they're working on, as opposed to talking to them about a nonprofit. And I'll ask you the the election question, because uh, as I understand it, the Mayor Fadness is, is not uh, facing opposition. One city council seat will be unopposed, but all of the rest of the races mm-hmm. in the November election will be contested. Do you have any thoughts about uh, coverage pre-election? The only thing that we're going to do at this point is, and not just the only thing, but, um, you know, it's, I think what we've decided that we're going to do is we're going to feature some content that basically introduces all of the candidates that are running to the community um, and have it be an education piece. Um, There's not going to be a lean one way or the other or anything like that. We can definitely leave that to other people in the community or other writers or other publications. We don't need to get involved in any of that stuff. You know, I want to ask all three of you a question. I'm going to start with Tom because I remember... We've had several podcasts, and I remember one of our early podcasts, we talked about your approach with your magazines. And you do take a little different approach than a lot of other magazines do in the the sense that you don't just, I mean, you do a lot of features and, 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 and pieces about individuals, but you also feature an awful lot of businesses. And you've told me, and I think this is almost a direct quote, I don't care if they advertise with us or not, I'm still willing to do a background piece, particularly on a new business or one that's ongoing and has an interesting uh, background. And there are, as you well know, a lot of publications who just don't do that. Uh, you know, if you want to be a business, you can advertise. We'll do a story if there's a compelling reason. But you do you go a little further than that with the idea that the commercial part of a community is a part of the community, and everybody is a part of the commercial part, and you know, patronize stores and so forth uh, as part of uh, their everyday life. Do you expect that these magazines will continue with, with that approach? Yeah, <clears throat> they will continue with that. If you think about it, we mail magazines to the homeowners and business owners as well in all the markets we're in. And so the people who live there obviously are vested in the community because they live there. They're paying property taxes and they want to know what's happening in Fishers or guys. But the business owners are also very vested to the point where they're making a livelihood off of that community. And so I think we kind of have an obligation to those people to highlight them as best we can, offer them free services. We They can go post their 
company um, directory listing on townpost.com right now for free and get free promotion, free backlinks. They can promote their social media, specials, calendar of events, anything they want through Townpost now for free. And so what we found early on, this is, you know, 19 years ago, is the the fabric of the community is the people, but also the local businesses and those businesses providing a good service and the people knowing what they do so they can come in and support them. And I think we kind of help promote that ecosystem um, in perpetuity. And I would add on top of that, and it kind of backs into your uh, election question, we, we only focus on the things that are good in the community. We, we never go down slippery slopes, their controversy or um, you know, you won't see anything about stabbings or shootings or if there's a politician, you know, knock on wood that, you know, gets in some kind of trouble or gets sideways with the community. You won't see us do stories about that because people don't want to read. They don't want to hear bad news. They want to open Geist magazine. They want to open Fisher's magazine and see all the good things happening and the good businesses that are happening in our community. They don't want to read about that stuff. And so that I don't think that's going to change ever. And I hope these guys will you know, carry that torch as well. Of course, you know, you put me in your Fisher's Magazine, so you might have a little guy in there. <laughs> you never know, and that's a little piece. And the other thing is, I do remember, Tom, you, you've got to remember there were, there were two things that happened. One was the, the guy standardization yes. issue, and the yes. other one was uh, the city versus town, organized city versus yeah. town, reorganized yeah, city vote versus no town. or whatever it was. Yeah. That was, was a, a controversial. 2012. Oh. You, now, Tom, I've got to, you've got to admit, I'm older you, and wiser now. You weighed in on those. <laughs> did you not weigh in on those controversial issues? So let me clarify, okay? That's a good, that's a good point. I'm glad you brought up the age-old wisdom comes out on the podcast. But no, if you remember back for the Geist annexation, 87% of the Geist residents signed a petition against the takeover. Okay, I call it takeover. You can call it annexation. <laughs> so that wasn't a 50-50. It wasn't Democrat and Republican. It wasn't, you know, half and half or it was controversial. They didn't want it. 87% didn't want it. They signed a piece of paper that said they didn't want it. The only 13% that didn't sign it were people that owned lots, the majority of which was owned by one person, who wouldn't sign it because they didn't want the, the uh, retribution of the city down the road. So that wasn't controversial in Geist eyes. And that's, um, so that was why I took that tack that I did. Now, on the other side of it, you talk about the city yes and all that, city no, or well, I don't even remember what the issue was at we the time. We city. Right. So if you look at the crux of that whole controversy, it wasn't really a controversy. It was one side trying to get it done and a bunch of people that didn't want it done. The only reason, the only reason we wanted to have an organized city versus a city, elected city, is because we wanted Fadness as our mayor. And as it worked out, he got to be mayor anyway. Mm -hmm. So that became a moot point. And the annexation, if you think about that, the only reason that people didn't want to be part of Fishers was because they didn't want their property taxes to go up. And what happened in 2010? Governor Daniels signs an amendment to the Indiana State Constitution that puts a 1% tax cap on property taxes. So guess what? That became a moot point as yeah, well. Yeah, nobody cared at that point. So yeah. even though we... Fishers come on in Exactly. <laughs> so there's two issues you brought up. And I lost. I was on the losing side of both. But we actually won on both because they became moot issues. But... To your point, I think if something like that ever came up again, it's going to be their call whether how they want to weigh in on that. I, my, only, my only thing is I, I felt so passionate about 
the annexation just because of my residents were so upset about it. And I just tried to use my platform as a communication tool to let people know what was happening. I, I wasn't weighing in with, I think Fisher's is terrible or what I, you know, none of that. It was all trying to be nonpartisan. <laughs> Here's what's happening and enlightening and then let the GUO take care of it from there. So, Yes, that's true. The state law is what actually settled the whole annexation plus the state Later on, issued some some actually passed some laws which makes it much more difficult to annex. Correct. So the rules are a lot different now than they were at Correct. the time that the town at that time was trying to uh, to do the annexation. But uh, but you, I mean, I, I'm not saying you weighed in, <laughs> I but know. you definitely you called me out on it. I appreciate that. You're paying attention. <laughs> but I'm glad to hear you're older and wiser. I'm definitely older than you are. Whether I'm wiser or not is another matter. I don't know that I'd do it again, but I had. I'm not I did sure you do it again. Well, let me go to Allison because Allison, you said that uh, you were trying to retire. I, I'm still trying to retire because I. I, I, I don't think to... I'm trying to retire. I think I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Well, you didn't buy a magazine to retire. That's for sure. I mean, you don't buy it. Six to one, half dozen to another. You know. So, do you envision to go back to the original question that you will continue to feature businesses that are new or ongoing that you think are interesting, which not a lot of publications do? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, there's nothing about the magazine that I want to change. I would just like to enhance some things. And um, one of the things, and, you know, there's a good chunk of my heart that belongs to the nonprofit community. And so we're going to have a nonprofit of the month that will spotlight. Because, um, you know, I think every nonprofit could use a little bit of acknowledgement and love and um, just kind of sharing their mission and what they do for our community and our residents. So we'll add that in there. And I'd like to just find some articles and content that is just uplifting and inspiring and just letting people know that there's still some really good people out there that, you know, everybody hasn't just gone to the dark side and has gone to... Um, you know, wanting to just kind of go off the rocker a little bit. So we um, we really want to focus on those inspirational pieces. I know you were involved with an organization that put nonprofits together for a while. Mm -hmm. And what surprised me when I looked at the list of nonprofits and fishers, it was a much longer list than I thought. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of organizations. And there are a lot that we didn't even get a chance to reach out to. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you actually were to pull the list from the – um, from the state, there are quite a few. And, um, you know, if I could just do my little part in giving them a platform, because um, there's nothing worse than running a nonprofit and you go to tell somebody your story and thinking that they know all about you and they've never even heard of the organization's name. So um, I'm just going to do my little part. Let's go to Justin. Uh, you've read uh, Guys Magazine for a long time. You know how they do business. Uh, do you plan on featuring businesses in the community, kind of taking the same uh, approach that Tom took when he published the magazine? Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of people, they, they moved to this area because of the schools, the community, and these businesses. They, they bring their families here. They're investing their money, their time. Uh, they're uprooting their family from someplace else. I mean, that's why we're one of the fastest growing communities in, in the U.S. for so long. Um, so if if it only takes one piece of paper on a page to be able to highlight their business and be able to promote them uh, for them to be successful or to help them be successful, I mean, that, that doesn't take anything. That's just a time and consideration. So if we can continue that path, um, which we will, 
promoting those businesses, promoting those individuals. And a lot of those people, uh, back to Allison's point, a lot of those people are the ones that are promoting the nonprofits, donating to the community, putting their time and, and energy back in. So, yeah, we're going to continue that path. Let me bring up something that I really think I have to ask. You know, I never thought I would ever see the day when the New York Times would disband its sports department, but they did that just a couple of days ago. And the reason they did that is because they bought the online sports operation of The Athletic. So they're, I guess they're not laying anybody off. They're reassigning people in the sports department to other parts of The Times. Uh, but it's, it's a different approach. They're not going to have their own sports staff as they've had in the past. And I bring this up because The Times obviously is online. They make a lot of money with that. They're also a print publication. And and you're all aware of the fact it's not exactly been a a good time for print publications in in recent years. So you all all must feel there is definitely a place for a local monthly magazine format, print and and photography and so forth. I'm going to ask Justin to start this. So you're you're going to have to buck a trend to do this. So how do you plan to do that? Well, there are so many pieces and so many organizations that do, and I'll go to your point specifically, sports and athletics. I mean, ESPN, these these large conglomerates, like you said, the New York. Um, but what I would like to do is create our contact content where it's hyper local, to where you know we write a story about a student athlete, to where that kid's a neighbor. You see him at the high school. You see him. Um, growing up through the neighborhood in the communities, giving back, and then that kid goes on. For example, I mean, we have student athletes right now that are going to be competing in the National Junior Olympics uh, here next month in Oregon. So pieces and stories like that on super hyper-local where you probably know the students, your neighbor might know them, so not necessarily larger national pieces. Well, Allison, uh, to you, I mean, I think you have to find your niche if you want to be mm-hmm. in a print uh, publication business today. Do you think? Do you have your niche? You think? I think I do. Um, you know, one of the things that I love about the magazine is, yes, it's a print publication, but it's also something that I look forward to getting in my mailbox every month. And you know, my kids always make fun of me because they always say I'm in the know. Well, I love knowing what's going on in our community. I love learning about who's doing what and what businesses are new in town and how can I best support those new businesses. Where's my next favorite ice cream going to come from? You know, um, those are the little things in my life that are actually the big things. And so if I can continue that and then also provide inspiration for people in the community to connect with one another... I mean, that's just good stuff. No, ice cream has a high priority for me, too. So, <laughs> so Tom, let me get back to you. you. You have been bucking this trend where print publications are having a tougher time. How do you find that niche? Well, if you think back to 19 years ago when I started, um, the idea was, and it still is, to be hyper-local to Justin's point. Um, if it's local, it doesn't matter what the medium is. People are interested in it. Um, people are more in tune with what's happening a mile from their house and national news and those kinds of things. And so, you know, print-wise, and just looking at numbers over the last five years, our magazines year over year have made more money every year, five years in a row. 
and that includes the COVID year or years, if you want to look at them in plural. So no, there's no other print publication out there in the country that can say they even broke even year over year. We actually grew year over year in sales and in gross revenues. So, <clears throat> so we must be doing something right there. And secondly, I think it's it's the magazine is what people see in the mailbox. That's the piece that people recognize us as. When I say Allison says Fisher's Magazine, you mentally put a picture of that cover in your mind. But there's a whole digital side to what we're doing that that's making us good revenue as well. And what that's allowing us to do is give us that 24 seven visibility instead of just waiting for that one time in the month of the mailbox uh, visit. And I think that's helping our print side. You know, if you look back 19 years ago, there was no Facebook. There was Google had just launched. Um, there was no Instagram. There's no Twitter. Um, all these things that we have today at our disposal, there's no reels back then. All these things we can do now to be relevant every day or every week of the month, uh, we couldn't do before. And I think that's helping our print. And what I look at is, you know, I'm not looking to just do more magazines. I'm looking to redefine how the whole industry works. And so to me, I don't even care about the Wall Street Journal or I don't care about the athletic. I, I really don't care what they're doing because that doesn't affect me locally here and it doesn't affect anybody else locally here unless you work for those companies and you got laid off like Kravitz or something like that. <laughs> but I think from our perspective, we're looking to chart a whole new category and we're doing it very differently. And so we, our metrics are different, our lenses are different and our outcomes may look the same, but they're very different when you look at how we impact our communities locally. Yeah, so people know what you're referring to. You're referring to Bob Kravitz, who used to live in Fishers, was a star columnist for this sports page, went to The Athletic, recently laid off at The Athletic. I think he's with Ball State now, as I yeah, recall. Possibly. As I understand. Yeah, that's my understanding. But uh, that was sad because I was enjoyed reading him. I knew Bob, and you know, it was, it was sad to see him go. His perspective, you didn't always have to agree with it, but he certainly uh, <laughs> you knew made it. his point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he, didn't, he made a point pretty succinctly. I just want to ask a question each for Justin and, and, and for Allison. So, Justin, when you put together that first Geist Monthly magazine, how do you go about deciding what stories you want to cover, what photographs you want? I mean, how, how do you go about making that decision? That's going to be your decision now. Well, so... I know you're not surprised by this, but as soon as everybody, when when my information was was passed out that I was purchasing the Geist magazine, uh, we did the blast on social media. We've done the blast in the July issue of Geist. Um, it's amazing how many people reach out to you with stories and, <laughs> and information that they have that they want you to publish. He's a popular so, guy. Um, well, you will yeah. be too. Don't worry. <laughs> so... Uh, Content will not be an issue going forward with any of it. If anything, it's it's going through the emails and the new friend requests and the new applications and everything else that have been sent to me for the past 30 days. It's going through that and then uh, finding the stories that we want to uh, investigate and research and put out there for the community. But really, it's, and what I was really getting at is I'm, I'm not surprised you're getting a deluge of ideas. <laughs> the question is, how do you decide which ones you want to publish and which ones you, you just can't? Well, um, I want to maintain consistency. Um, obviously, things that are time-sensitive, we want to jump on immediately and, and work that avenue. But uh, stories that might not be as time-sensitive, uh, we put in the queue and we keep, um, you know, um, 
but stories that interest me are obviously um, stories about the community, about our, again, I'll go back. I was a coach for so long, so I have a, I have a place in my heart for student athletes, uh, people that give back to the community. Um, so those type of stories uh, for me are the human interest pieces that I like. So there won't be any issue with, with moving forward with finding content and investigating those stories and putting a good uh, product together. So, uh, Allison, uh, your thoughts. Yeah, again, I'm, if you don't have them yet, you will soon have lots of story ideas come your way. Yeah, I feel how like I've you, always got lots of thoughts but how do you strolling sift, around in my head. Well, you talked to me about nonprofits. There are a lot to choose from. Mm-hmm. All these other, uh, you only have so much space in every magazine. How do you choose what uh, you decide to put in with all the ideas coming your way? Well, I'm just now working on my first issue, and I kind of inherited kind of what was already in the pipeline. So I'm still kind of learning to crawl before I take my first couple steps. So I'm still in that infancy of the process. But I think what I'd like to do with Fisher's Magazine is really kind of um, piggyback on the pillars of the community. Um, So Fisher's has laid out, you know, we're vibrant, we're smart, we're entrepreneurial. So, you know, using that framework for the content, is it highlighting those pillars? Is it, does it lend itself to the vibrancy of the community? Does it lend itself to um, being smart? And, you know, that could be anything that's educational, you know, with the school system in our community, any, um, you know, like JD's doing some of the spotlights on, on students, you know, so that kind of falls under that smart pillar. And then we have the entrepreneurial with our businesses. But out of time here, 30 minutes goes uh, pretty quickly with we have these discussions. Uh, anything you'd like to add, Tom Britt? The one thing I would say is, um, you know, we had we had a lot of interest in both these territories, and I I was very fortunate. I got to pick our buyers. It wasn't like I these are the only two people who are interested. They weren't the highest offer. Or <laughs> no, it wasn't on eBay. <laughs> um, so I, I just you know my it's it's so comforting and it's, it's it's very fulfilling for me to be in a position where I can spend my time just helping and watching other people do well. That's been the best part of Town Post, honestly, from the franchise side, is seeing people who come in and do a really good job at it and, and make a lot of money, but also are being very fulfilled and doing something that's positive in our community. And watching that happen from the sidelines and having them do it better than I did it is very gratifying. Um, so I, I just can't wish them nothing but the best of luck. I'm going to be here. I'm not going anywhere. We're not moving. Just bought a boat on guys so I can spend a little more time in guys. But um, I'm going to be here as a support mechanism for them. And, and it's going to take them a while. This is not – I can't give them a training manual and tell them how to pick stories or how to pick writers and photographers or how to sell ads. I mean, that's it's something that's going to take them time. It took me 19 years to get where I got in it. And I don't expect them to do this thing overnight either. So um, it's 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 very rewarding. I'm anxious for them to get um, get their feet in. And I'm really excited to see what they do with them. Okay, I've just noted that uh, you've bought your boat. And I'm just going to note for the future when you sell your boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, put this date in history, will you? <laughs> Justin. Um, closing thoughts. Like I said, this to me, it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Um, being in this community, I still have... Uh, my kids are still in the school systems. Um, moving forward, like to maintain the consistency of the magazine, build on what Alice and I have both talked about, the, the community aspect of it, giving back to the community, 
building up businesses to just uh, to just allow fishers and the guys area to continue to grow. Allison Gatz, uh, same question for you. Anything you'd like to add? Um, really just what I'm really grateful for is honestly um, Tom and his wife taking the time to really build up something and build the relationships in the community um, that is worth JD and I investing in. Um, because if the relationships weren't there and, you know, when, when I started meeting with Tom for the first time, we knew each other before these conversations started, but I, we really got to know each other and, you know, and that's what I needed to know from the get go, because I knew that Tom was still going to be around. He's still an integral part of our community and I needed to make sure that I liked the guy. And you know, and he I do. The he's, test, he's, he's he's a good he's he's a really good man, and he really loves this community, and he's invested in it, and he's invested in our success, and you know, it's just there was no saying no to that. You just heard Allison Gatz, the new owner of Fisher's Magazine. Justin Beal is the new owner of Geis Magazine. And uh, Town Post Network uh, over it all, Tom Britt, he's still here writing downtown Fishers with his office. All of you, thank you so much. Great conversation Thanks, Larry. today. Thank you, Larry.